Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Gadget Flow. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today, I am really excited because I am talking with Dr. Z. Dr. Z is the founder of Baxbag, about to launch on Indiegogo, or likely when you guys are listening to this episode, it's already live on Indiegogo, so make sure to go and check it out. And Baxbag is really unique. I mean, not only is it good for your health, but it's good for the planet, and I think we can all agree that we need more products out there in the world that are good for the planet. Um, you know, Baxbag is a sustainably engineered posture backpack, so it's designed to be the most comfortable backpack for whatever your day has in store. And many people today don't even know what today looks like or what they're they're going to be doing. So, Dr. Z, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you so much, Roy, for having me, and and I'm excited to to talk about this and and its need and everything else that comes with Baxbag. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, just for the audience's sake, give us a little bit of your background and what inspired you to create Baxbag. Okay. So I'm a naturopathic medical doctor um, and I specialized uh, in biochemistry. I got my bachelor's of science in biochemistry. So I had to carry around really heavy books for eight plus years um, in medical school as well. And then on top of that, I've always had a passion for traveling, and I've been to almost 50 countries now. I've done a lot of study abroad. I did a lot of volunteer work and just, you know, holidays as well, all of the above. So I just didn't like the way my backpack felt, even though it was part of my everyday life, you know? Um, and I started, started to notice the toll it started to take on my, my posture because, again, super heavy books. <laughs> And I didn't want to take my backpack off. Like my shoulders would be sore, my back would be sore. Just it just it was so uncomfortable in so many ways. And I started actually like while I was in medical school, I started trying out all these different posture correctors. And I'm sure a lot of people have seen like those little straps you put on around your shoulder that you can wear. And I bought like 15 of them, <laughs> trying to find one that I like that worked. And they just did it. I mean, it would help me to stand straight. Yes, but they were so uncomfortable. They would dig into my shoulders. They would dig into my armpits. They were not aesthetically pleasing. And I even wore them to medical school, like to avoid the pain I would feel of it digging into my skin. I would put on a sweatshirt and then put the posture corrector on top of my sweatshirt, not caring how ridiculous I looked because it's medical school. So nobody cares if you're trying to do something to help your health. Right. And, you know, they appreciate it if anything. And it just, it was awful. I even tried wearing it to sleep so I didn't have to think about it. And then one day I started playing around with my backpack and I just started thinking, huh, why can't my backpack be correcting my posture? I mean, the straps are there. And I started 
I crossed the straps over on a, just a regular backpack just to try it out. And I put it on my back and the journey began there because what I experienced was, holy shit, this can actually work. <laughs> well, there, there goes all of our G listeners. Uh, <laughs> no, just kidding. No, so I, I love the fact that obviously there's a pain point, literally, you know, with the product that you were using before, just the regular backpack, heavy books in there. And then you start obviously doing the product research, seeing what else is out there, buying it, trying it, seeing that none of those solve the problem. And then you create your own product out of that. And I think that's where some of the best products come out of is terms of, you know, solving the problem that you have in your life and likely millions of other people do as well. So given that this is likely your first foray into the product development side of things, talk a little bit about beginning that process and how you went about deciding, you know, what features to include in the backs bag. Right. Oh, man. So this was this was tough for me at that time because it was like a moral decision for me, too, in terms of what type of life I wanted to lead, what type of product I wanted to create what type of impact I wanted to have if I was going to do this, you know? At the time, I was selling on Amazon, just random things, making passive income, and it was cool. And I had contacts to manufacturers, and one of them actually created backpacks already. And I knew if I reached out to them to create this backpack, it would take just a few months, and it'd be fine. But they were just a regular factory. They would make regular backpacks, and it would have been cheap to do at the same time. But I had... An internal conflict about this. No, you know, I'm a millennial. Um, I've seen what's happening to our world. I've seen how things literally our world burning to the ground in places, you know, and um, um, with climate change and all of the above and just kind of I'm trying to understand what life I wanted to lead and what I wanted to do. So it, it took some time and real, uh, real consideration to really commit to at that point deciding if I'm going to do this, the only way I'll do it is, is in a way that's sustainable, in a way that's eco-friendly, in a way that I will not feel guilty, will not feel remorse, will not feel like I'm adding to the planet's weight. So that became hugely important. But it took it took a few, you know, I would say a couple of months of really some soul searching, I would say, <laughs> to, to decide that. And from there on, so I didn't even end up reaching out to those manufacturers. And from there on, I just decided to start reaching out to uh, places that I could find uh, sustainable material being used. And I started with either Alibaba, trying to come, you know, trying to come up with what materials I even wanted to use, um, what options there were for eco-friendly material. And I started to realize like Vietnam is a great place for creating sustainable material. Also, of course, China, also, of course, Taiwan. Um, and, and just kind of started from that angle, trying to find what could go into making the backs bag. <laughs> so how many different product iterations have you gone through now? Oh dear. Okay. So I was very optimistic, uh, you know, in the beginning, I was very like a <laughs> uh, headstrong, but I was like, I'm going to get this done in like two prototypes and I'm going to launch and everything's going to be fantastic. But, <laughs> and everyone was telling me like, Hey, chef, like this is going to take a while or hey, either this is going to take a while. And this is, um, you know, it's going to take more than more iterations than that. But I was overly confident. I was overly ambitious <laughs> coming from the academic background. I was like, I know how to make this work and it can't be that hard. But um, obviously it is. It's been uh, a year and a half later that I'm finally launching. <laughs> and it's about eight prototype iterations later as well. 
I would say luck was definitely on my side in being able to find the right manufacturers that were willing to take on a project that was completely innovative and novel because it turns out a lot of manufacturing companies are run by people who have manufacturing degrees and they will not take on startups and they will not take on projects that doesn't have an already proven business model that doesn't show them that they will get their money back if they invest into creating this product. And obviously that wasn't the case for Backspec. So I would say there were some synchronicities that happened because I started reaching out to product designers of sustainable um, you know, products. And one of them was Joey Pringle, who created the world's, at the time, the world's most sustainable backpack in the world. <laughs> and I reached out and it was in the middle of the night. It was like a sleepy LinkedIn message, like just, you know, last ditch efforts that I just can, you know, it's something you got to keep at. You have to be tenacious. You have to really keep trying. And eventually, you know, it's, you're going to be, it's going to be a miss, 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 and then hit, you know, and then I had a hit and then it'd be like, maybe not the exact re- match, but then I gained insight into what material I could use instead versus something else. So even if you don't end up finding the right manufacturer, you end up having more knowledge of the industry and more knowledge of the choices you have for your product at the same time. So I reached out to him and it turns out he was in the process of creating a manufacturing company that was aspiring to be the sustainable bag factory of China, literally. (laughs) And working with uh, a manufacturing company called uh, Vishen in China, where the two people in charge there already had been creating uh, leather goods for the last 10 plus years. (laughs) <laughs> and they had like some spiritual awakening. They turned into Buddhist. I mean, I, if you know Chinese people, you, their their diet is largely consistent of meat. Um, and these are vegetarian people. They're vegans, actually, I was just to say. And um, so they were shifting away from using any type of animal product and gearing towards really, you know, creating a company, a manufacturing company for the future. Because they knew that this is, this is where we're all heading. You know, this is where we're all, we're going towards value-based uh, decisions and value-based product designs. So, and and luckily for me, these people in charge aren't just manufacturing degree holders. They were actually design degree holders. So they were willing to take on the challenge that Backspag was in terms of creating a completely novel design. And I flew, so I live in Singapore, and I flew to Guangzhou, China to meet with the factory owners in person because you know, they were telling me, oh, we can do it online. We can figure this out. But I was like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You need to understand this product in person, which actually was pivotal in this, this design creation being done right, was me going to the Guangzhou and meeting them in person and showing them on their bodies how the backpack design needed to change and how it completely changed anatomically their structure when wearing a backpack. In this design and when they when they saw that in person you I saw their eyes light up they're like oh we get it now <laughs> so um, how many iterations do you think that trip saved you oh my goodness at, probably at least three to four I would say I, um, probably yeah starting off right with the understanding how the straps needed to be constructed in person definitely say I don't mean I can only guess <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I can imagine that. I mean, also, you know, I know that's always been an issue with, you know, minimum order quantities for startups as well, trying to get in with factories. And it sounds like, you know, the relationship certainly helped out there and then meeting in person and being able to do that and then, you know, come to terms with, you know, the upcoming start of your company and hopefully future purchase orders from them outside of the the, the initial one. A thousand percent. I would say the relationship I created with them has hugely been a core of this product's creation and to completion because this was, you know, out of everyone's comfort zone and which isn't necessarily something a manufacturing owner wants to be spending time on. You know, it was, it was, I sold myself to them uh, in person and I sold them, of course, the idea and the product, but the relationship like you're describing is, was hugely important. I definitely recommend anyone if they have the opportunity and if they really believe in their product and they really believe in um, themselves to, to really focus on that relationship creation too, because meeting them in person was, was magical. There was so much alignment in, in our attitudes around about the world, what we wanted to create, our values, and, and that played a huge role, you know, in them really sticking sticking to it with me. Because um, it was tough, like eight prototypes, like eight iterations is a lot of different, you know, ways of uh, trying to create this. And, and also not coming from a manufacturing background or design background to any degree, you know, having these people understand me where I could like take a video of a part of the bag and and be like, hey, this buckle needs to move this much here, <laughs> you know, and this, you know, they were willing to to be able to understand the way I communicated, not coming from that type of background, which was hugely helpful. On top of that, uh, one thing that I want to know is hugely important is to create the tech pack to find someone. For me, I found someone on Upwork who, you know, designs technical package designs of, of, of products, you know, that really goes into all the specs of what you're trying to create. So getting what is in your head onto paper in a, a diagram format in a way that has all of the metrics listed, all the materials, you know, intended materials listed, things of that nature is even prior to, you know, working with the manufacturing to really actually start to use their, their technology and equipment to make the product, you know. So, right. yeah. so let's talk a little bit now. You've got the factory, you've got the product, the prototypes in a spot where you like it, love it, you know, think it's it's ready to go. What led you into crowdfunding as a means of doing this initial launch? <laughs> well, I thought crowdfunding was for the little guy, which is what I am. <laughs> So I was like, this is a great idea. People, you know, this is something necessary in the world. Um, it feels great. It looks great. What, I, you know, what I had in mind. So testing your idea and validating it is hugely important, even prior to product creation. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to go into crowdfunding, because it was to validate the idea. It creates brand awareness of the product. You can test what works and what doesn't work in terms of copy, in terms of marketing material, in terms of price points. There's a lot of things you can play with because of crowdfunding. And people are forgiving enough to understand that you are, you know, either the little guy um, trying to make your dream come true, which I th- I really appreciate in, in terms of people who are interested in backing a crowdfunded project. And, and also, you know, people just want to be up to date on the latest, coolest products in the world. And that's in crowdfunding is a great place to also find that. And I think Baxbag is definitely one of, you know, the most innovative products in terms of, you know, challenging the entire backpack industry to its very core, I think is great in that way. So 
uh, I start off, you know, uh, just with some landing pages with like 3D mock-up of the Bex bag, even before, of course, the product was created to gain uh, insight into people even wanting the product. And we had pretty good traction, like thousands of people signed up with their emails just based off of a 3D picture of Bex bag, not even like the product. So that was good. And when I was doing that on the landing page, I actually had at the bottom written that we're launching on Kickstarter. So my initial intent was to launch on Kickstarter just because it's a large brand name that a lot of people recognize. That was my uh, understanding. And then someone from Indiegogo found my <laughs> found my landing page, reached out to me. We had some conversations, and he informed me that if I signed an exclusivity uh, like letter of intent agreement with Indiegogo, then Backspag could be on their uh, would be sent out into the, their newsletter. It has potential to be on the front page of Indiegogo if I meet certain metrics. I get this arrow design thing, which doesn't even apply to Backspack, but there was just perks that I really liked and I was excited by. And I said, okay, sure. I'll, I'll, you know, switch over to Indiegogo. So that was really what made me switch to Indiegogo. But, you know, that was last year in in September, actually. So it's October now. And I'm happy about that decision because I've come to realize that Backspack is a lot more of an Indiegogo product too, in terms of its own branding and what, you know, the hardware functionality that it is. Uh, more so than Kickstarter. And I think I like how Indiegogo has grown over the last year in their own marketing and their own infrastructure. So I'm really happy about the decision from from that regard too. But that's that's why I ended up choose, choosing Indiegogo actually. Yeah, I was going to ask, what was the, uh, the decision-making there? So I appreciate you sharing that. And yeah, we've seen some great campaigns, you know, on the Indiegogo platform in terms of the exposure that they can get, certainly on the product design side, uh, which I think your product lends itself very well to that community that they have over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited now. It's just, uh, I know people will be hearing this in, uh, later, but we're launching in one week. So, you know, excitement and nervous all at the same time. Yeah, no, I know how that can be uh, interviewing lots and lots of founders on the show. So uh, you're in, in similar space there. Obviously, there's a lot of tension and nervousness before launch, you know, given that it's a week out, but we'll be we'll be live once the campaign goes out there. So, you know, what's been the biggest surprise, I guess, so far of, you know, bringing a product to market and, you know, next steps, you know, launching it out there to the world for everybody to see? The biggest surprise of the Backspag um, I think to me is just like how simple I I was able to make the design, which was my goal. I don't know. So it's it's that, and like so, I would say two surprises, and the second one would be I I don't. It's not easy getting the word out. That is something that I'm struggling with right now. That I'm trying really really hard to like. I'm staying up most nights just individually genuinely reaching out to all the people that I think will be interested in the product, especially since we're a week out, um, journalists, influencers, etc. And um, I guess I'm, I'm surprised. I, I think I was uh, naive to think that there, it would just be, there would be a little bit more of some self growth even because like, Oh, this is such a great product. Like everyone should like it, but actually no, <laughs> that's not how most businesses work, even if it's an amazing product. So so I would say like, so things of that nature. Um, and, and then also just because it, it's kind of a, 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 what do you call it? A double-edged sword. Because I made it so seamlessly integrated, the posture correcting 
components into the backpack with the goal of replacing the mainstream backpack. That's why I don't want to make it look like a totally new age design. That's like, you know, completely different and obviously posture correcting something. I didn't want to do that. That wasn't the goal, but because it's so seamless in, in terms of the way the design is an integration and the effect it has, people are confused because <laughs> when they see the bag, they're like, wait, I don't get it. Like, this looks like a regular bag, but like a, a nice looking regular bag. And, and so it's a double edged sword in that way. <laughs> and that's been a surprise, um, which I, you know, I could have seen coming. So those, those would be a few of the mini surprises I would, I would say. So after this campaign is over, where are you headed next? Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm gonna, so right now I'm in London. I'm visiting here. I, I'm here. I was recording videos by people that here in London, like one of them is a testimonial by Dr. Justin Holmes. He's a chiropractor who works out of Harley Street in London, which is a really prestigious you know, place for medical practices and um, getting testimonial videos and things of that nature. And I'm going to then go home back to Singapore where all my friends are, my community is, and all of my friends are missing me. And um, I, I left because I wanted to focus on this launch and separate from all of those things. You know, I've just been pretty much alone, just working, you know, I'm not meeting that many people unless it's work related, um, but it's been super helpful to just, you know, grit to just like, uh, you know, punch away at this, like, get it done. So I'm hoping to be back in Singapore after the launch. Uh, you know, it is COVID. So travel in general is kind of up in the air, but that's my, that's my goal. Yeah. Well, Dr. Z, talking about launches, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? So... Um, I never actually knew what an entrepreneur was or wanted to be until I was already in the space. So uh, when I was in medical school, I started three different companies uh, while in medical school. And um, this was just born out of a desire to create solutions. And I didn't know like, oh, you're... I didn't know that it was being an entrepreneur until I was already being an entrepreneur, if that makes sense. And I was, you know, I was partaking in Google startup competitions and I won a couple of those actually. And it's just a, it's just the way I'm wired is to be more solution driven and solution focused. And that's just why I became an entrepreneur in that way. And I think everyone in the world to some degree can be an entrepreneur because what is being an entrepreneur if just not self-empowered decision-making and self-empowered solution creation. That's all it really is. And you can be an entrepreneur even within an institution, in my opinion. Because that's what it is. It's not even just about just doing something on your own. It's not just about separating from the nine to five. It's just making self-empowered solutions that benefit either your company or the world, society, whichever the case. And 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 also to add, I would say that I'm after realizing what the entrepreneur stereotype is. I realized that I was very cliche entrepreneur in terms of my story, my upbringing. I didn't fit in. I, I couldn't hold a regular job because I was always doing things to the beat of my own drum. <laughs> I was, I thought something was wrong with me like for half of my life because of it. And, and um, I, yeah, there's a lot of different stories I could go into here that just are very cliche in terms of like me being kicked out of places from <laughs> me trying to do something that went against the grain, et cetera. So, and here I am now. 
Well, we'll save those for another episode, but uh, no, I appreciate that. So if you could meet with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Yeah, so I would actually say currently it's someone who's uh, right now is Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V. He's, yep. um, yeah. <laughs> and the reason why I look up to him is simply because he's heart-centered and I believe myself to also be heart-centered in terms of the way we operate. And that's, and you know, I have a software company as well that I'm launching and it's, it has a, you know, focus on connecting people and it's a focus on being heart-centered connection as well. And um, so <laughs> it's hard. I've, you know, I've already been pitching to venture capitalists. Um, I've been in this scene for a while in the startup scene. And um, it's kind of crazy when you, you know, it's a cold world, um, very metric driven and not always in the best interest of humanity at the same time. And I look up to him because he partakes in venture capitalism. He partakes in this startup scene, but brings in that angle of heart centeredness and brings in that angle of progressing humanity. And people, you know, think that that's not possible with, with this industry, but it is. And he's a perfect example of it. And there's not that many examples, unfortunately, which is why I look up to him because he's really spearheading it, you know? Absolutely. So the Dr. Z and Gary V podcast coming to you soon. <laughs> oh, cross fingers. That would be a dream. <laughs> <laughs> so if you did have the chance to have a cup of coffee or a glass of empathy wine with Gary V, what would, uh, what would be your first question? I would straight up go into how can we make social media great again and what, and, and the ways we are making social media great again. And I think, I think his mind would blow um, because I think what he seeks in the world and what he try, tries to create and be involved in is exactly what I have created in terms of connecting people, community without borders, and my social media platform. It's called Vibio, like vibe O, video with a B. <laughs> um, and it's a place where you vibe on video with people. Um, it's where you have you know face-to-face conversations uh, via video based on topics. So you actually can post video messages to topics that people can respond to. And you can also go live with people via video based on topics you're interested in. So it's, it's like, you know how TikTok is a channel for people to communicate via dances, choreographed dancing. Video video is the same exact channel except for conversations and it's in the completely intuitive, simplistic streamlined way. So it steps away from the broadcasting, you know, self promotion that, social media has today and steps into a place of just heart-centered connection over things that matter. You, you just vibe with people. You find people to vibe with online. And that's, I think, in this day and age where we don't have, we have a lot of ways to connect online, but we don't have connection on the internet. And I would just straight away go into this need to connect people. And as a doctor, you know, the core to healing beyond genetic factors, beyond nutrition, beyond pharmaceuticals, beyond spiritual medicine, beyond any of these other components, the core to human health and healing is actually human connection and community, which is what this product is meant to bring into the world. And I would just straight away go into that with him. <laughs> Beautiful. What, um, what book outside of Gary V's books would you recommend to our listeners? I actually, so I would recommend, at, you know, as a woman entrepreneur, it's obviously a different journey. And so some of the books I read growing up were by this author named Anais Nin. She's incredible. And it really helped me 
to embrace my sexuality and sensual behavior and just like my femininity as a woman through her books because her books are very risque, very edgy, but it was beautiful to get in the mind of this this woman in these books and how she how she was as a character. And I recommend uh, anyone to read her books. I mean, a lot of her quotes are all online. And I think that, you know, femininity is repressed uh, in the world as a whole, both for males and females. And to be able to embrace that about myself has been huge in being able to be a whole woman, because, you know, it's not something that generally can be accepted in the world of business. And I think that's something that needs to change. It's not something I need to change about myself and repress. I think the opposite, I need to fully be the whole woman that I am. And this was uh, helpful in cultivating that, uh, you know, that confidence in my earlier years. That's great. Uh, Dr. Z, where do you see yourself in three years? (laughs) I see myself living in London. I I do believe I'm going to move from Singapore to London next. And hopefully I see backpacks changing around the world, major industries reinventing. I hope that maybe they will want to license the patent from Backspag so that they can also incorporate the posture correcting technology into their backpacks to help the world combat the effects of kyphosis on the body. Uh, which is hunchback, you know, we are experiencing an epidemic in the world from our technology use and just, you know, from being at home because of social isolation and lockdown and all of the above. So, and it's definitely something we don't think about, you know, it's just a pain we've accepted with regular backpack and the way we are with technology today. And we really need to focus on how we can combat the defect that takes place that creates all these other symptoms and pain points for the body. So I'm hoping that in three years that this will be a lot more widespread of a technology being utilized to help help the world. Absolutely. Now, I know the campaign hasn't launched on Indiegogo yet, but interested still to hear your take on what, what the future of crowdfunding looks like. Yeah, I am. Um, so I would say it isn't, you know, in the last few years, I've, I, I had to learn the hard way through trying to launch is that it isn't as much for the little guy anymore. (laughs) You need money to crowdfund. You need money to make money on crowdfunding because I think these platforms have been overrun by larger companies and institutions that are using the platform to play around with an idea and create, you know, the same type of information that I want, which is the brand awareness and to understand what marketing works, what doesn't work, A-B tests, price points, etc. But large companies are using these platforms for it. So it's, you know, I feel like I'm like, huh, this is unfair. But obviously not. Everyone needs to you know, do what's best for their company. But um, I, I'm hoping that there is a way to kind of level out this uh, balance in these platforms. But at the same time, I think there will be more platforms coming out as a result of the fact that I think Indiegogo and Kickstarter are kind of infiltrated by larger corporations that just have, you know, I would say like even a hundred thousand dollars just to spend on a crowdfunding campaign. And it's like, Hey, you know, what about us? (laughs) So I see, I see it changing in that way, hopefully that more options for people like myself who don't have that a hundred grand to make it work. And, you know, quite frankly, if this, if this, you know, if this this launch doesn't work, then Backspag is a bust. You know, this is going to make or break the company. And even no matter how much of a, necessary product it is and simple it is and designed well all the above i have all the bases covered but if it doesn't 
if, it, if I don't reach the minimum order requirements, then it's a bust. And to have platforms that really cater to people in my position versus people that have a lot to spend and don't really need it for really making their dream come true, I think hopefully there'll be a better differentiation between those type of entrepreneurs. Yeah, I agree. Well, Dr. Z, this has been amazing. Uh, this is your opportunity to talk to our audience, you know, give them your pitch, tell them what you're all about, where people should go and why they should check you out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, please go to factsbag.com first and foremost, B-A-X-B-A-G, and you'll find the link to go to the Indiegogo campaign. Hopefully it's doing well. Hopefully you can reach out to me uh, on Instagram at, you know, instagram.com slash backsbag um, to hopefully maybe congratulate. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen between now and then, but crossing my fingers. And if you feel called to support this product, you know, please share. I only want you to, if you feel aligned with the vision of the company, with the ethos of the company, with the sustainable components of the company, please share with your friends, your family, your exes. I actually shared with my ex yesterday, like, please, are you sure this? Because right now it's just a matter of getting the word out. And hopefully if you, you know, are interested in the product for yourself, just know that it feels amazing on your back. The cushion, it's like a high-end computer chair on your back. One of, somebody told me it feels like a hug. feels like you're being hugged from the back. It's really nice. People put it on, and they're like, I don't want to take it off. I, I recommend to watch the testimonials video. It's on YouTube. Just search Backs Bag, and um, you can see people's authentic reactions to wearing the bag. And, you know, like maybe you can have that for yourself. And also, I plan to put in a card, a biodegradable card with seeds inside each and every box bag that's being shipped out to the world so that everyone in the world who gets a box bag will be able to plant either it's going to be a tree or a, a kind of plant that I think would be beautiful also at the same time. So it's, it's, it's beautiful. So if you, ah, so please, please share and support. That's, that's all. <laughs> awesome. Well, audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign over on Indiegogo and everything else we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, the gadget flow and product type. Dr. Z, thank you so much for joining us today on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you, Roy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it, and of course, if you love this episode a lot, Leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.